0: I'm Mark Adams and this is Marks Mace, 50 for 50. Each week I will look at a year in my life to find the geek influences, ending up looking at the year 2020 on my 50th birthday. This week, 1978. 1978, what a time to be a seven year old. Events in the world did not matter to me and I went to school. I played with my friends and I watched television and TV was getting even more interesting. Two sitcoms, A Good Life and Some Mothers Do Have Them, ended their very positive run. The Good Life, about a suburban couple going self-sufficient, was a favourite of mine, if only for the great Richard Browers, and still holds up today. I'm one of the few people who wonder why Some Mothers Do Have Them is so fondly remembered. I get why it's funny. An accidental pro-man tries various jobs, resulting in very physical stunts by lead actor Michael Crawford. I get why it's funny, but I don't get it being that funny. Saturday evening favourite show The Generation Game changed the host from Bruce Forsyth to Larry Grayson. The oddball family game show 321 began uh, its 10 year run, making awkward children trying Ted Rogers finger flicking catchphrase. This was the first year that a Bond movie came on TV at Christmas with Diamonds Are Forever, starting a British tradition of Bond movies over the Christmas holidays. All Creatures Great and Small, based on the novels of Yorkshire vet James Harriet started. As an animal lover, it was a hit with me and even led to my decision to become a vet. Of course, that didn't last. I do remember Tucker Jenkins' first day of his new school of Grange Hill a children's TV series based on a comprehensive school, preparing a generation of school children for its gritty real-life storylines of bullying and learning difficulties. It had the same problem of every drama that re- the realism was forced, so something interesting would always happen, unlike school. Also in 1978, Dr. David Banner, physician-scientist, was searching for a way to tap into the hidden strengths that all humans have. Then an accidental overdose of gamma radiation altered his body chemistry and now when he goes angry or outraged a strange metamorphosis occurs. One year after the Amazing Spider-Man live action series hit our screens we get the incredible Hulk. What attracted me more to the Hulk as opposed to the other superheroes at the time was uncontrol I probably felt as a child. The haunting music always left a melancholic feeling to an episode that David Banner could help so many people, but never himself. Space Opera came to my screen with the new BBC sci-fi series of Blake's Seven. I don't think I saw the very first episode at the time, but I remember the second very well, with the fugitive guys escaping the prison ship on the very fancy Liberator. If you squinted your eyes and turned your head 90 degrees you could see it was a warped version of star trek but this was not the utopian federation with perfect heroes of course my favorite character was a cowardly lockpick villa and the pompous disco like computer Orac. where american sci-fi shows of that era were trying to copy the success of star wars and i did enjoy those ones this shows creator terry nation used dark themes with heroes if they can be called that, full of self-interest. I followed the four series faithfully and was shocked and upset when the series ended with all the main characters seemingly killed off and just in time for Christmas 1981. These feelings would repeat themselves a few months later in Doctor Who Earthshot. In 1978, Superman the Movie came to a cinema near me. This was my first trip to a cinema. A 25-minute drive to the Ivey Cinema in Bambridge. I don't think I really knew what a cinema was and they have changed a lot in the years. The Ivey was a single-screen theatre with a balcony and he had to queue around the car park outside no matter what the weather. The doors would open when the staff were ready and not before that. And the concession stand, the Sweetie Box. I always chose a bag of Revels. These were chocolates with different fillings, such as Maltesers or Orange or Toffee or Peanut or the dreaded coffee. You wouldn't know which one you got until you actually bit into it. And I soon learned to always leave the flat revels, which were all chocolate, in case I got a dreaded coffee as my last one, so I could purge the flavour with the purity of chocolate. As I munched through these chocolatey treats, I marvelled at the superpowered hero who made me believe a man could fly. If you would like to contact me, you can by email at mymarksmess at gmail.com, on Twitter at marksmesspodcast, and uh, without the T, and on Facebook at marksmesspodcast as well. Thank you to Josh Woodward of joshwoodward.com for the title music, and next time, 1979.